Can a person really change? Can I really do more than just covering up the worst parts of myself with all my, my secrets, my desires, my habits, my addictions, my pride, my apathy? Could Jesus really change me? Will I ever really be able to rise from the prison, the bondage, the, the pain that I'm stuck in? Am I destined to fake my smiles and hide what's underneath? Or can I? Can I? Can I truly, truly, truly be free? Church, how's everybody doing this morning? Everybody doing well? It is so good to see you here this morning. I am so excited to be back with you. And I want to start off this morning by just saying thank you so much as a church and as a faith family for all the prayers and the support that you have shown our family uh, over the last week or so. I think one of the hardest things that I've ever been through in my life is, is losing my dad. And um, this week as he passed away, you know, your love and your support was just so obvious as so many of you reached out in just incredible ways. And I just want to say thank you because I think losing a parent is, is never going to be an easy thing. And some of you have probably gone before me in that. Some of you are going to probably go through that uh, yourself in the days ahead. But, um, but I'll tell you what makes it easier is having a faith family that loves you and cares for you and reaches out to you during times like that so I just want to say thank you I tell you it really uh, it, it just really did us well to to know that our faith family was was reaching out and caring and supportive of us but I am so glad to be here with you this morning we're kicking off a new series here today and I'm so excited about this new series we were talking about it this morning as we gathered in the green room just preparing our hearts for for this morning and I hate that we're doing this this series during the summer when attendance is always down and people are on vacation there's just no getting around it I guess but um, this is where God has brought us and so I guess this message today is for those of us that are here and for those of us that are on vacation this week I don't know what God has for them but but here we are together and uh, and and I believe that God really wants to speak deeply into your heart this morning I'm very excited about this and uh, and, and what God's going to do with this this series over the next uh, eight weeks we're going to be walking through this series and we're going to be talking about freedom in Christ and and what that really means and, and we're going to be talking about uh, all the issues that that seem to grip our culture today and our, our our church today as we as we march through this I believe that this series has the potential to to radically change our lives and how we view Christ how we view our faith how we live our faith I, I really believe this series has a has a, a, a really large potential of, of just bringing about life change in our hearts. And so I'm excited about it. I know Spence is excited about it. I know our staff is excited about it. And so I hope that you'll get behind us in, in your excitement for this series as well. Uh, I think we're going to learn something today, and I think God wants to, to do something incredible in our life together today. So let's pray, and then we're going to dive into God's Word together. Pray with me if you will. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit of God, Lord, we do thank you for this time together. We thank you for this time of worship. And Father, as we were singing this morning, God, the truth that you will never let us down, 
Lord, I realize that just so many of us in this room, we believe that. We know that because, God, you have always been there for us. And so, Father, we are thankful for your presence in our life. We are thankful for, God, the, the reality that you sent your, your spirit to be with us and, God, that to in, uh, dwell within us. And, and, Lord, that we have the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our, in our hearts and in our lives. And, God, we thank you for your son, Jesus. Father, who you sent to die on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. And Father, we pray that, Lord, today as we dive into your word and we talk about what it means to truly be free in Christ Jesus, that, Lord, you would really open our hearts and our minds that we would be receptive, but, God, also your word would be clear. And, Father, we would be able to take with us those truths that we so desperately need in our life. So, Father, we, we love you, we praise you, we thank you for this time together, and I pray, Father, that as we dive into your word, that you would hide me behind the cross. Father, I pray that you would speak loudly into our hearts, and it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. I believe there's two foundational truths that Christians have struggled with for a very long time. Going all the way back to Jesus' day, I believe Christians have struggled with understanding these truths. Even today, I believe the church is, uh, really finds it difficult to, to understand these two truths that I'm going to mention here this morning. I, I believe that the, these truths, they center around these two things. One is our identity in Christ Jesus, and the other is our freedom in Christ Jesus. Now, I, I believe these two are so intertwined with one another that we can't talk about one without really talking about the other and so over the next eight weeks as we walk through this series we're going to be talking a lot about our identity in Christ Jesus and who we are in him and we're also going to be talking about the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus and what that means to us as believers and followers of Christ you see as Christians we are no longer identified by who we were in the flesh but rather our identity as believers, as disciples of Christ Jesus, is in Christ himself. And therefore, with that in mind, we are also no longer slaves to sin, but rather we have been set free from sin. And so what Jesus has basically done for us is he has offered to us the gift of liberty over suppression. The gift of liberty over suppression. In other words, he has set us free from sin, and he has set us free from the and he has given us the gift of freedom over bondage. And so we're going to be walking through that. And this morning, as we kick off this series, we're going to be talking a lot about freedom in Christ Jesus. You see, the Bible talks a lot about this. In fact, there are nearly 50 verses and passages that speak on the freedom that's found in Christ Jesus. And that's a lot. When you think about it, that's a lot of, of passages and verses that are speaking into really one issue of our life one particular thing in our life and and yet it's it's amazing to me that for so long christians have had a hard time re uh, dealing with this and understanding this and even wrestling with this this truth and so i want us to start off here this morning uh you know the question we might ask is what does it mean to be free in christ what does it truly mean to be free in christ well, I want to invite you to turn with me to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 8. That's where we're going to go this morning. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there, and I hope you do. If you don't, we'll have it up on the screen as well. 
But we're going to go to John chapter 8. And this morning we're going to be looking at a passage that I believe has the potential for life change. And I mean that. I know already in just studying for this message and studying for this series and putting this whole thing together, as, as I've been processing through all of this, I've experienced God move in my own life and the timing couldn't be uh, any better in my life to just understand this and, and to wrap my mind around this. And I pray that for, for you as well, that as we dive into God's Word here this morning and throughout this series, that God has big plans for you. And I believe He does. And so I want us to, I want us to look at this. Uh, we're going to be talking about this morning the gift of freedom from sin. The gift of freedom from sin. And this is really where it all starts for us as believers or followers or disciples of Christ Jesus. This is where it begins. So we're going to be talking about the gift of freedom that comes only from Christ Jesus and most of us would understand that and agree with that. We're going to be looking at John chapter 8, verse 31 through 37. And so look there with me, if you will, and we'll read this passage together. The Gospel of John starts off like this. It says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And so there's the identity part, the identity in Christ Jesus. Jesus would say to us this morning that if we, if we abide in his word, if we know him and we abide in his word, then we're disciples. And so our identity is no longer who we used to be in the flesh, but rather it is now in Christ Jesus. And so there's the identity part. And then in verse 32 it says, and you, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And so there's the freedom part. You see how these two begin to come together as we look into this text. We see how identity in Christ Jesus is, is really bound together with freedom in Christ Jesus. And that's very important, especially as we walk through this series. You're gonna, I'm going to continually going back to this, to this verse because it's so important that we understand that our identity in Christ Jesus is bound completely together with freedom in Christ Jesus. Now verse 33. These Jews, they answered him, and they said, We are the offspring of Adam and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? And Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave, excuse me, practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever, the son remains forever. So, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are an offspring of Adam, yet you seek to kill me because my words find no place in you. Now, our passage, it starts off with Jesus speaking with a group of Jewish people here, a group of Jews, who according to verse 31, believe in Jesus. And that's cool. I mean, it's, it's obvious that that at any time someone says to us or uh, you know to you that, that yeah I'm a believer in Christ Jesus that always is very comforting to us we, we we find comfort in knowing that people believe in Jesus and so here we see these Jews as they begin to uh, have this conversation with Jesus they say that what we come to understand through scripture is that they believe in Jesus but you know 
one of the things that I was thinking about as I read this passage is I imagine it was kind of easy to believe in Jesus in Jesus' day. Jesus was performing a lot of miracles back then. He was, he was healing a lot of very sick people who over the years were ne never able to be healed otherwise, and yet Jesus comes along and there's healing. There's times where people are hungry and Jesus just sort of makes fish and loaves of bread appear and he becomes this guy who is feeding a lot of people and so you know he's doing a lot of wonderful things the message that he is preaching is a message that says you know guess what there's forgiveness for your sins everybody loves that kind of message and then and then he says also there's eternal life with the father in heaven everybody loves those kind of messages and so you can see how it would be very easy to believe in Jesus, but before we get all warm and fuzzy over this idea that they believed in Jesus, we must take this into context with the entirety of the passage. And that's what we're going to be looking at here this morning, because as we look at this, we see in verse 31 where it says, Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And so, Jesus takes it a little bit further than just simply believing in him. He says, you must abide in my word. In other words, he's speaking of obedience, and he says, you must abide in my word if you are truly a disciple. And so here, he's sort of making this distinction between not being a Christian and being an authentic Christian. And so he's saying, listen, these Jews who believed in me, but here's the thing, do you really believe in me because if you believe in me you will abide in my word and therefore you will be my disciples and so we see this but then in verse 37 look at what Jesus says and this is very very interesting because he's talking about people who believe in him but he says in verse 37 he says these words I know that you are an offspring of Adam yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you in fact, the very last chapter of, uh, of, I mean, the very last verse in this chapter, in chapter 8, it says that they picked up stones. I mean, they were ready to stone him. And so Jesus identifies these Jewish people, these Jews that he is speaking to. In fact, it's really interesting when you read through the Gospel of John, especially as you get to about chapter 5, you start seeing this being referenced quite often, these Jews who wanted to kill him. They didn't know what to do with him. They didn't know what to do with Jesus. But they saw all the wonderful things that was happening. They saw all the benefits of being a follower of Jesus. And so many of them had declared that they believed in him. And yet they wanted to kill him. Does it sound like a Christian? And I think that's exactly what Jesus is trying to present to us what does it mean what is Jesus talking about here what does this passage mean as Jesus says all the things that he says here in this passage as we look into this and as we dive into this what is it that Jesus is wanting us to learn and take away from this look at this again again in verse 31 Jesus said to those who believe if you abide in my word then you are my disciples but obviously they weren't because in verse 37 he says but you seek to kill me because my word ha finds no place in you and so he talks about this idea of the word of God abiding in the authentic believer and if there's an absence of the word then there's no faith there's no salvation there's no true authentic Christianity 
there's a big difference there. And so what Jesus is really pointing out to us is that authentic Christianity goes beyond just simply believing in Jesus. And you've heard me say this before, and this is true as well. Even the devil believes in Jesus. He knows him to be real. He knows his power. He knows his strength. He knows him to be the creator of the heaven and earth. So what really good is just simply believing in Jesus? And that's what we have here as we look at this passage, as we dive into this. Jesus says, you seek to destroy me. You seek to kill me because the word doesn't abide in you. There's no evidence of your salvation. There's no evidence that you know God. And that's the point that Jesus is trying to make. I know, I love what J.C. Ryle says. He says, the most dangerous spiritual condition that any person can ever be in is where you're halfway to Christ. Inclined to Christ, inclined to the truth about Jesus, wanting what Jesus provides and what he offers but not willing to give in to the full demands of, ha- of what uh, that he lays out on a sinner, that is, turning from sin toward righteousness. And so this theologian, this pastor, this author from the 1800s, he points out, so this has been going on for a long time, just because you're attracted to Jesus doesn't mean you necessarily know Jesus. Just because you're... Uh, you're attracted to the benefits that come with Jesus doesn't mean you necessarily know Jesus. And this is exactly the point that Jesus is making as he speaks to the Jews that he has encountered. And so he's obviously talking about those who don't know him, but what about the rest of us in this room that do know Jesus? What about the rest of us in this room who who do have an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ, who have found freedom in Christ Jesus, who have been redeemed by the power and the blood of Jesus? What about those in in this room here today that are true believers and followers of Christ Jesus? And with all of our heart, we try desperately to obey, even though sometimes we fall short, we try desperately to obey. What about the rest of us? Why does it seem that we as believers struggle with freedom in Christ Jesus. And what I mean by that, why is it that we constantly live out our life, even as believers in Christ Jesus, still feeling as though we're in bondage to something? And I know we do because I have conversations with all of us uh, different times of the week and, 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 and people are constantly reaching out to us as a staff and, and even, even we as a staff struggle with this sometimes, this, this feeling of bondage knowing that the Scriptures point to this idea that we have freedom in Christ Jesus. Why do we, even as believers, struggle so with that? Maybe it's because we don't fully understand what it means to be free in Christ Jesus. Maybe it's because we hang on to our past. Maybe it's because even though Jesus has forgiven us, we can't forgive ourselves. Maybe it's because we we hang on to our past and we are unable to move on because we think that the things that we've done in our life are too much for Jesus to overcome. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe we just don't understand freedom in Christ. Or maybe it's because there's just too many voices in our head. Do you ever feel that way? 
No. <laughs> I feel like that all the time. I can't decide sometimes, am I hearing from God or am I hearing from me? You know, sometimes my idea sounds better than what God's trying to tell me, you know? I mean, it's like, it's like God's trying to get through this thick skull of mine, and I, I've got my own ideas, and so maybe there's too many voices. Maybe our friends are too loud, and God's not loud enough in our life. Amen? Maybe, maybe the Internet speaks too much in our life. Maybe we need to get away from that for a while. Maybe there's just too many voices in our head, and we can't discern the voice of God because there's so many voices speaking in our head. We don't know what is truth and what's not truth. Maybe that's our problem. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's our own flesh that is convincing us that we have not been set free from Christ, even though we have been set free from Christ. Maybe there's just too many voices in our head. Or maybe... It's because we hold on to our old life of sin. You know, sometimes as believers, we find ourselves reverting back to those things that once brought us pleasure, knowing that we don't need to go there. And yet we toy with sin, and sometimes we find ourselves in bondage to sin. And yet, verse 34 says this, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. And I can almost imagine that none of us in this room want to be in bondage to anything. Could I get an amen on that? We don't want to be in bondage, do we? We don't want to be in chains. We don't want to be bound to something other than Christ Jesus. So why is it that we struggle so? This morning, my prayer is, is that as we dive into this text a little deeper, and we explore what Jesus was trying to say to those who didn't know him, that for us as the church, we could, we could learn and we could take away and we could better understand what it means to have freedom in Christ because I am convinced of this, we will never find fulfillment, we will never find contentment, and we will never find joy and peace until we understand the freedom of Christ, the freedom in Christ. And so let's look at this here if we, if we can for a bit. Let's dive into this. Jesus was presenting very, uh, two very important things that I want to present to you this morning. First of all, what Jesus presented to them was the truth, I mean, excuse me, the source of true freedom. The source of true freedom. This is what Jesus was trying to point out to the Jews who were seeking to kill him. He, he, he's trying to show them, you want freedom? This is what you need to know. You want freedom from the bondage that you experience every day of your life? This is what you need to understand. And so he presents to them these things that we're going to be looking at here. Jesus points out uh, a couple of things, two or three different things here, uh, concerning the source of true freedom. And the first thing that he points out here is, is he, he, he explains to us that truth is the source of your freedom. Truth is the source of your freedom. Look with me, if you will, at verse 1 excuse me verse 32 he says this he says and you will know the truth look at this and the truth will what set you free you will know the truth and the truth will set you free so what we come to understand here, because obviously what Jesus is talking about here is he's talking about the gospel, the gospel message that basically does this. It points to who Jesus is, and it points to what he has accomplished for us. It's that message of the cross, if you will. And so Jesus is, is revealing this, this reality that, the, that you will know the truth. When you know Christ, you will know the truth, 
and the truth will set you free. And so what we see here is this idea that truth is, is, is the beginning place, it is the starting point for us to be set free from the bondage that we experience. The gospel, you see, it proclaims who Jesus is. I want to show you this in John 5, verse 39. It says this, it says, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life and it is they that bear witness about me and so here what we see here is that Jesus says you want to know about me go to the scriptures don't turn to the internet you can't count on that being right don't turn to your lost friends and have theological discussions about what's right and what's wrong because they don't know the truth what Jesus says here is he says, if you want to know the truth, the truth that will set you free, if you want to escape the bondage and the change that holds you back in life, then turn to the truth which is going to point to him. And so here we see in this passage, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and that is true. We see eternal life. But what Jesus goes on to say is this, and it is in day, it is they that bear witness about me you can count on the scripture for speaking truth in your life and so the gospel proclaims who jesus is the gospel also proclaims what jesus has done for us the scriptures tell us that it was jesus who delivered up for our trespasses our sins and raised for our justification we see that in, in, in the passage in Romans 4, 25 as well. He was the one who delivered up for our trespasses. He was taken to the cross, and it was on the cross that Jesus would die. It was on the cross that he would sacrifice himself. His body was broken. His blood was shed. All of that for our trespasses. And then he was buried in a tomb, and then it says he was raised up, having victory over sin and death now. So he was raised up for who? for you and for you and for me that's why he did it and so here we see that the gospel proclaims who jesus is but the gospel also tells us what jesus has done for us how many of you are thankful that jesus went to the cross on your behalf i'm thankful i'm thankful every day I'm thankful this morning as we sing, sit down here and we sing and we're singing and, and God just pouring into me as the band is leading us in worship and we're sitting there singing, you never let me down. I was in tears on the front row thinking about that truth. How many of you believe that to be truth, that God never lets us down? And we're singing that truth. Why? Because Jesus has done this for us. Jesus didn't go to the cross for nothing. He went to the cross for you and for me. And the scriptures point out this reality. He was delivered up. He was given up to the cross. And he was raised for our justification. The gospel not only proclaims who Jesus is and proclaims what Jesus did, but the gospel is also the catalyst for salvation. The apostle Paul said it like this. I love this. The apostle Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God to salvation. To what? To everyone who believes. I love that. It is the power of God to salvation. We can never know who Jesus is without the truth of God's word. We can never count on who Jesus is without the truth of God's word. 
And so here we see in this text this source of true freedom being the gospel. But the other thing that Jesus wants to be very clear about, it's not just the gospel that changes. Ultimately, it's Jesus who changes, right? Jesus is ultimately the source of our salvation. Jesus is obviously the source of our salvation. And if we're going to have freedom from the bondage of things that hold us in bondage, then it's going to only come from Christ Jesus. And so he goes on to say this, and we see this in verse 36 where Jesus says this, referring to himself. I love this. He says, so if the Son sets you free, what does it say there? You might be free. How many of you live your life like it's a might? A maybe? We do, don't we? We live our, our, our lives every single day as though the Word of God says, if the Son has set you free, then, then you might be free. That's how we live our life. That's the way we go through. That's why we're in bondage, because we're not turning to the truth that gives us the promise concerning freedom in Christ. And the truth doesn't say, maybe. The truth says what? The son is, if the Son has set you free, you are what? free indeed say that word with me if you will indeed you are free indeed there's no maybe here there's no he might if the son has set you free then listen it's case closed you are free indeed that's what jesus says about himself that's what jesus is telling this audience that's listen to him he says listen you're not abiding by the truth. You're not, you're not going to the truth for your source of information. And you're not, you're not abiding in the Word. And you're not leaning on the truth that I am the Son of God. That's what he's telling this audience. And he says, therefore, you're not free. Continue living in your life of bondage if you want to, but you're not free. I mean, look at you. You want to kill me. That's what Jesus is telling this audience. But the Word of God says, if the Son of God has set you free, then free indeed. You are free indeed. I want to I show you something. Turn with me, if you will, to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. How many of you love Jesus this morning? Anybody? How many of you love Jesus more this morning? Anybody? You say, well, Pastor David, I couldn't love him any more than I already do. Yes, you can. You ain't living him near enough, I can promise you. Look at this with me, if you will. Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 5. This is a powerful passage. We've looked at this before. We've pre I've preached on this at least once, I know. But I love this. I love this passage. I love this, this truth from God's Word. Read this with me, if you will. Paul's writing to the Ephesians, he says, and if you were dead in your trespasses, and you, excuse me, you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom all once lived in the passions of your flesh, carrying out the desires of your body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. What's verse 4 start off saying? But God. But God. Don't you love that? 
It's like doom and gloom, dead in our trespasses, bondage to sin, but God, right? Don't you just love that? I, I love reading through the Word of God and seeing this come to life, seeing this and knowing it to be truth because I've seen God work so much, not only in my own life, but in the lives of so many. So here's who we used to be, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Amen? How many of you know Jesus this morning? Anybody know Jesus this morning? Thankful for Jesus this morning? Say this with me, if you will. I was dead, but God made me alive together with Christ. Amen. No, you can stop. I was just saying amen. Isn't that awesome? That's what that, that's what that verse, that's what that passage is saying. I was dead. I was dead in my trespasses, in my sin. I was hopeless. But God made me alive together with Christ Jesus. We have freedom from that deadness. We have freedom from that sin because of what God has done for us. He sent His Son to walk on this earth, to go to the cross. That wasn't an accident. That wasn't God going, oh my, things, things kind of went awry here, I, awry. I, I, didn't, I didn't expect that one. No, that, that, that wasn't what happened. Jesus came to this earth to go to the cross, to die on the cross for you and for me. That's what Jesus did. And so there's the source of true freedom. I'm almost done. But I want us to real quickly look at this. The second thing that I believe Jesus really points out to us as we look at this passage, and he's speaking to this group, this audience, is the magnitude of true freedom. The magnitude of true freedom. It says in verse 36, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed I love that if the son has set you free there's no maybe you will be free indeed but I want us to understand just how profound that is the magnitude of what Jesus is communicating here to the world he said, if the son has set you free then you are free indeed. I don't want us to walk out of here and go well that was a good message I don't want us to go out of here today and not be impacted by this statement that Jesus is making. I don't want us to go out today and miss just how profound this statement is, the magnitude of what Jesus is saying. What Jesus is saying here for us this morning, if you've experienced bondage, and if you're experiencing bondage in your life today, this is huge for you to not miss here this morning. If the Son has set you free, then indeed you are free in Christ Jesus slaves to sin are set free in Christ Jesus the broken I mean the bondage of sin is broken forever and in Christ Jesus the fierceness of God's wrath has been quenched it's been taken care of and in our in, in Christ Jesus the flames of hell 
are no longer a threat. In Christ Jesus, because of what Jesus has done for us, we find hope and we find peace and our hearts are grateful for what Christ has accomplished for us. We must never miss what Jesus is saying here in this passage. We must never miss this. I want to read a passage here this morning from Isaiah chapter 53. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn there. It's kind of a, a long passage. We'll look at it here for just a moment. But Isaiah 53, verses 3 through 6, because here's the thing. I'm, I'm certain that there are a lot of people who probably walked in here this morning and just don't understand the freedom of Christ. They've never been impacted by the freedom of Christ. And I hope that today, my prayer today, is that as you walk out of here, you'll understand the freedom of Christ better than you've ever understood it to be. Maybe there's some of us here today, and I know there are. There are those of us here today that we can hardly hear the voice of God because of all the voices in our head. We've talked about this already, but I want us to sort of think about that as we look at this passage from Isaiah. All those voices in our head that are, that are just speaking into our life and having to discern which is truth and which is that which we need to just throw out of our life. Or maybe there's some of us here today that are bound up with sin. Maybe there's some here today that are entangled in sin. And you know in your heart, you know in your heart that you have been redeemed by the power and presence of Christ. And what you can't understand is the fact that Christ has redeemed you and yet you still struggle with sin. Maybe that's you here today. And you say, well, is it even possible for me to struggle with sin and be redeemed of course it is because the scriptures tell us that while we were yet still sinners christ died for us right he did the work while we were in sin why wouldn't he continue to do the work if we find sin again and so here we see a passage we've studied a passage this morning that talks about the freedom that we have in christ from sin from bondage and my prayer for you and my prayer for me is that we would understand and accept and embrace the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus. There's probably a lot more of us in this room that understand freedom in Christ but still struggle with it than those who don't understand it at all. I think every life group leader that we have in this church every staff member we have in this church I've had conversation with about how we struggle with finding freedom in Christ. And I think the struggle sometimes is a healthy thing because it, it brings surface, I mean, it brings sin to the surface and we can deal with it. Sometimes it's a healthy thing. That struggle, wondering about freedom in Christ Jesus, it brings us back to the foundation, the cornerstone of our faith, and that is Christ Jesus and so that's always healthy when we return there but we need to understand the freedom that we have in Christ 
Conviction is okay, but discouragement, hopelessness, that's not okay. And my prayer this morning is that we would walk out of here celebrating the freedom that we have in Christ. Isaiah 53, I'm going to read verses 3 through 6. Speaking of Jesus, it says this. He was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hid their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that he brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. How many of you celebrate that with me this morning? That with his wounds, we are healed. All like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of, his, of us all let us never take for granted the multitude of what Christ has accomplished for us Jesus does not want us living in bondage he wants us living in the presence of peace and freedom and the Lord has laid upon him our own iniquities why did God do that have you ever wondered about that have you ever wondered why God would sacrifice his only son for us have you ever wondered why that is Romans 5 verses 7 and 8 gives us the answer and I'm done with this for one will scarcely die for a righteous person though perhaps for a good person one would dare to even die but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners Christ died for us why did he do it? Because of the unconditional love that Jesus has for us. I am so thankful that the love that Jesus has for us, that the love that God has for us is not conditional on how I live my life. It's not conditional on that. He came into my life while I was yet still a sinner. And he continues to take me to a place of peace and freedom joy by his great love so if Jesus has set you free from your sin if Jesus has set you free in Christ Jesus shouldn't we praise him this morning for that truth shouldn't we praise him we should praise him shouldn't we if you've experienced freedom in the past but you find yourself in bondage today 
then let me just say this. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Jesus is not only the source of your true freedom, but He wants to give you freedom. He wants to set you free. Our pastors and our ministers will be down front, and the band's going to come out in just a moment, and they're going to sing this last song. And You know, this last song is really a time that we, we call a lot of times just sort of internally as your time. It's your time to respond to what God has spoken in your heart and in your life. And this morning, if, if you feel so led to do, to come to this altar and pray or come and speak to one of our pastors or ministers down front, we are here for you. We want you to understand the freedom that can be had in Christ Jesus. We want you to understand that God loves you unconditionally. and He is here for you. And so this morning, let me just challenge you. Come to Jesus. We all need Him. We all have Him available to us this morning.